Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. You are listening to the 3CR Spoken Word Program and I am George O'Hara. And today we have a live recording from the Dan O'Connell Hotel with the feature poet Robert James Conlon. Rob is a long-time exponent of the art of taking an audience in one direction, only to sneak up behind them and yell, Gotcha! This is not to say he will not put himself in the firing line. We all come under scrutiny and Robert's work features a high level of self-analysis. Robert has been part of the Melbourne poetry scene since the 90s and has performed widely, in addition to his more recent long-term project of posting more poems to YouTube than anyone ever. He studied writing at La Trobe Uni and continues to hone his craft the best way a poet can, by writing as often as possible. In 2014, he was the winner of the Brimbank Poetry Competition, of which he has also been runner-up. He has been a Victorian finalist of the Australian Poetry Slam and also battled Komnenos Servos in the poetry wrestling ring in 2015. So, let's have a listen to Robert. Here we go. This is called uh, The God and the Throne. Here I stand behind the empty throne as it calls or how it calls to the craven, to the obsessed to those that hunger for the trappings of power the high and the low that strive to draw so close the tyrants, the princes daughters with claims, priests robber barons, warlords Vizars, advisers, second and third sons, all designed to be the one to sit upon the throne. How I watched them all as they connive their way to the steps, poison mugs and cups in their wakes. The bloodied knives concealed and hidden in the shadows as they climb the steps. The open warfare against fathers, brothers, sisters, mothers, friends and lovers to reach the top. The countless rumours, lies, accusations, misdirections leading to the innocent, the knave, the arrogant, dancing with the dungeon chains. All their marching and creeping, disposing of aspirants, opponents, the rightful claimants, the many bodies lost at sea, dumped in sewers, weighed down in rivers, dispatched and butchered to clear the path, to climb the bloody steps, to reach the empty throne. Once there, they only find an empty space. The throne is gone, and then I hear their despair. Their sweet despair upon realising their betrayals, their murders, their lies, their deceptions were all for nothing. The reality, the truth of the empty throne finally makes them understand with a sinking feeling as they approach their end. The journey back down those bloody stairs where the bloodshot past stands waiting. Oh, how I laugh. Afterwards, the steps are cleaned and the frame returns once again to its place and thus I wait for the next hungering group of aspirants who comes seeking to claim the throne, for I am the God who stands behind the empty throne. There you go. 
Sit. Uh, this is called Two Kids. Two children sitting side by side in between. A toy night and a plastic doll. A plastic doll in the small right hand. A toy night in the pants of a pocket. A little girl sits, smiles and talks. A little boy listens in a trot. Time circles round from seven to eight. The night and the doll now rest on the floor. The little girl and the little boy sit closer together. A plastic ring passes from one hand to another. A kiss to the cheek seals the moment. Hands gently grip into a face of a smile. The little boy sits up straight and listens as the little girl plans out their future. Uh, this is gold. Who convinced you? I'm just walking down the street. She is disguised once again on the nature strip. She thinks I don't recognise her. I choke a breath in my throat. I look her way. She stares at me through glass. I pass her by. I pause. I stop. I turn. I look back at her. I don't speak up. I wonder, how did it come to this? My eyes begin to fail. I haven't the courage to speak up. Say I'm... I don't. I keep walking, thinking. I didn't. I never. I never wanted you to do what you did. I didn't ask you to do that. Who convinced you to do that? Were you so desperate? You didn't need to mirror my path. Who the fuck screwed with your head? It wasn't me. I know there are those to blame me for what you did. I feel guilty and feel regret. But I will not accept ownership for your actions. Who convinced you to do that? I never wanted you to do that. Who pissed in your ear? Filled it with lies and sweet deceits. It wasn't me. I would never try to convince you to do what I did. Because I did it and I regret it every day since I came back. None. No, this is spoken. I continue down the street. I don't turn back. I don't try to run up to you and tear away your disguise. That's for you to do. And it's your right to choose. So I keep walking, holding the waves of sorrow against my clenched lips, wishing you'd call me back, tell me you still love me. Because stupidly, I still love you. It doesn't happen. I just keep walking down the street, never looking back. There you go. Uh, this is written riding through the highlands. It's called Highland Morning. Racing away from the twilight, we're running into day. Corner eye sunlight flickering between the spaces in the tree line. Fingertip aching, gear changes, brakes. 
the numbing for a time. Tense cold tears creeping down my cheeks. Misting morning coats, the glasses, lenses. Left hand wiping to clear the fog from view. Nostril red inhale, breath bites with every bend turn. Shivering bars of shadows, a hint of warmth teasing in between. Riding curves into shortened lines towards the sun that fills this day. There you go. Uh, this is. I just wanted the fuck you. I just wanted the fuck you when I said I loved you. Pretended to be interested in your life. I wanted to feel my sweat on your body. Have another fill the empty space in my bed. Make my neighbours whisper and talk when you left. Hide the wholeness in my existence for another day. Use you as a means to only fulfil my needs. When I said I loved you, I just wanted to fuck you. There you go. Not a happy one! I think everyone's been there at some stage. If you haven't, you probably will be. <laughs> uh, this is called Terminal. This is the terminal for expectations. The steel grey lockers standing still. Moulded seats press against walls. Slumped figures sit in empty spaces. Stalking cleaners mirror their broom handles. Mobile phones constantly stare at wall clocks. Streaming red messages appear and vanish. Outside, the white lines wait to be filled. Addicts slowly lose the window's reflections. Paper tags on bags strain to fly away. Grey smudges occupy ticket holders' edges. There are no gathering, shaking arrivals. There are no rushing, wavering departures. This is the terminal of our expectations. This is called No Agreement. The words of the first sentence scattered. A main clause had defected. The first capitalised now of the first sentence was dismissive and it believed there were more than enough words to maintain the first sentence, control the direction of the paragraphs, retain power to enforce order upon the length and breadth of the story. Articles and adjectives began to rebel against the nouns that held all the privileges. While the first sentence continued to believe, its rule was unassailable, although it sent a command. Squads of editors were unleashed upon the writing. A statement from the first sentence was issued afterwards. I quote, poor grammar had infiltrated the story. 
threatened the very structure of our plot. To protect the internal dialogue, action had to be taken. Simple sentences in paragraphs completely vanished. Complex sentences were reduced to compounds. Jargon and clauses were summarily fragmented. Points of view were revised to only every third person remained. All tenses were reduced to there was only the present tense. Outrage ensued with verbs and adverbs showing support for the rebellion. They erased the full stops upon their sentences as protest. Two pronouns from the first sentence went missing. They re-emerged in a distant magazine and a distant journal, claiming they were forced to participate in the redrafting of the story. They now sought to help by coordinating their resources with the rebellion. The first sentence became isolated disconnected to the usage and grammar of the story. It lost control, although it continued to issue redrafts. They were fragmented, inconsistent and unstructured. Meanwhile, articles, adjectives, verbs, adverbs overran the punctuation, smashed the concrete words until only letters remained. The end came with a re-editing of the writing. Cornered, the first sentence did not surrender. It did not face the rebels and their readers. The words of the first sentence committed deletion instead. Thousands of free words were left suffering, wondering why. There was no meaning, no answers, no conclusion to the reasons why the first sentence constructed the story as it was. There you go. Thank you. You have been listening to a live recording from the Dan O'Connell Hotel with the feature poet Robert James Conlon. A few words about the poetry scene in Melbourne. The Dan O'Connell Hotel is on every Saturday from 2pm. Passionate Tongues is every second Monday at the Brunswick Hotel from 7.30. Westward every second Sunday in Footscray and the Owl and Cat readings on the first Sunday of every month from 5 until 8pm. All of these gigs have open mic if you'd like to try your hand at poetry, or you can just go to listen. Check out the website, melbournespokenword.com, for more info on the scene. And now, let's hear some more of Robert James Conlon. <laughs> oh. There we go. Uh, this is called Rising Up Out of the Crowd. Was it just a song, evoking an old dormant memory? There in the centre of the crowd, the rock band on stage, blazing away. A moment came, a feeling that someone was watching me. A glance to the left, a downward stare. A face from the past, looking straight up. Eyes met for a moment, a jolt, a surprise. I swerved away into a world of silence. Time froze. Said in my thoughts, looked back down. She wasn't there anymore. Was it just a ghost of memory? From a time long gone? I can't say. I don't really know. I searched the crowd with my eyes, looking for a trace of her, a trace of my yesterday. 
All it was was the unknown of today. There you go. Alright. This is called They Still Won't Tell the Truth. I remember the sea. Do you remember the sea? Fractured into heaven, stained with regrets. When I look at you, coastal erosion, undertow choking every word, your eyes, waves crashing the sunlight into night, your eyes. Rip scars clawing the shoreline, your eyes, seashells filled with whispered tears, your eyes, your eyes, your eyes, your eyes in mine. Beachside brush cloaked, hands crouched next to cars, seaweed rotted into every touch, our blood rippled pain down amongst the crashing waves. Blue sky whimpers answered with laughter. Bowed heads swallowed, emptied the horizon. Salt spray whiplash, political hands at play. Pain whispers for sandcastles washed away. Young lives taken by the sea. My eyes shipwrecked upon the stretch of reef. My eyes painted time trapped in the castaway's dream. My eyes mumbling to the departing tide. My eyes, my eyes, my eyes, my eyes in yours. A lifeboat holding all the rage. Waves flooded away the skies. No lighthouse was there to guide. All those fictions trapped in communiques. The sands blinded the outside world's eyes. Can you remember the sea? I remember the sea. I remember the sea. I remember the sea. This is called Secret Marriage. It happened to me. When I was about 18, 19, I got married in a, a vacant paddock at a Sly Groggers. I don't know if it was real, and I still don't know to this day. But anyway, these are the things you do when you're stone drunk and off your face. And here it is. Anyway, confessions. Uh, by the memory of a long-forgotten empty bottle. I was nearly 18. I got married under the light of a Nilex clock. 2am, flickering. A paddock surrounded and stalked by factories hiding from the streetlights. It was in Richmond with a fridge with an old levered door in the middle of a paddock. Battery powered eskies surrounding a paling piece of fence as a tabletop. An old steel grate on top of a half cut 44 gallon drum on top of a grate. The, ah, uh, MMBW stamped in the middle. Sausages, chops, meat with onion burgers, onions, capsicums and burnt buns. Two white crow bottles without tops, sneering sauce out. VB and Melbourne bitter stubbies with ring top caps in 30 hands, including ours. A drunken vicar brought us together. A year later, the vicar gave away the church and became a used car dealer. <laughs> Two holy white lines on an empty box of beer helped us get our vows right together. So in the hour that you got a ring 
An unopened stubby soon supplied the bloody thing. Then came I do, I do, and all the rest of that crap. The ringing of stubbies, clinking, and cheers from the gathering. A slab of Vic stubbies into the back of an old rusted ute. Had to share the space with licking, slobbering labs. Off we went, down off to a quiet spot along the era. Our honeymoon amongst the reeds. Had sex, then we got paralytic. Woke up with a beer box over my head. My wife took off for home. Didn't want her father to find out. I spent my first day of marriage by myself, drinking the last of the box, trying to remember which way was it to the nearest train station. I got lost. There you go. There we go. Uh, Yeah, this is called My Sweet Love. Hear me dribble upon the bathroom floor. Do you want to feel, do you want to feel my, my, all my, all my loving in vain? Come take hold of me. Years we spent staggering blind, but at last I found the words. Wrapped in lace tears. Yes, for you, my burnt out dear, count my fingers free forming, tracing the sad loneliness, frozen but still smiling. As the petals begin to cry, you long for my caress, but you know half a cut just isn't enough. Now, now, let the water flow in the twisting of the tap, for the razor's optimum and glittering brings us closer with every incision. Now, bite my lips, slice away reality, my sweet, sweet love. Opening the floodgates, lovingly, we at last embrace my love, my sweet love, my sweet suicide. Uh, I'll just say, I do like Nim- Nimbin. But, um, <laughs> you understand, this is called Nimbin Ware. This is the downside. Saladim, Simbad, Dim Sim, Simbin, none of the above. Nimbin, dope. Peace, love and Viagra. Crinkles to wrinkles, dribbling down into the gutter. Hippie druggies echo mines in green leaf haze. A place where stoner tourists go when they can't afford to go to India or Thailand. Why? I don't know! They can get the same experience if they stayed at home. Nimbin, Nimbin! Where you can go and buy postcards. T-shirts, scarves, sarons, all homemade in China. <laughs> Just like buying any item around Australia. Except in Nimbin, the items are all colour-coordinated, psychedelic vomit. <laughs> then again, you can get that at any bong shop out in the suburbs. Let's get real. Nimbin is a historical town. Semi-living, a museum. It's Disney for bongheads. <laughs> it's where tourists come chasing rainbows. Sadly, those rainbows are only painted on walls. Nimbin is a drive through for addicts and scorers on the way to better spaces. It's a 60s flower power theme park. It's so counterculture, it's out of date. And if you look really closely at Nimbin's base, you'll see it's made in China as well. Nimbin. There you go. All right. All right. Uh, for this, 
Uh, I'll need audience participation. I know. You'll be sorry. Yes, yes, audience participation. All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, basically, um, I want you to repeat a phrase and keep repeating it until I raise my left hand up above my head and then everyone will go quiet and wait. All right? And, and the phrases which I want you to start repeating now is... See how. Everyone, see how. How. See how. See how. And keep repeating it. Go on. Everyone. Together. Come on. Keep it going. Fear. Fear is such a beautiful thing. When we all embrace fear, we are united as one. When we see everything so much clearer, doubt fades away. With fear, our every action is just and right. Those that question our fear, they must be removed. They that do not truly fear, they must be guided, guided to the unity of fear. Those that threaten the sanctity of our fear, they must be removed, deleted. For our fear must remain a pure fear. When our fear is diluted, polluted, we cease to be as one. Only in fear can we truly be one. One group. One people, one race, one nation, bound and united in fear. Do you see how easy it is to begin to empower a dictator? Thank you. What is up? Well, that's all for this week, so until next time, this is George O'Hara for 3CR's Spoken Word. Mm-hmm.